Welcome to Pastors Confidential. We're Michelle and Eric Waters, and we're two pastors, one podcast. On each episode, we'll be answering one of your questions about God, the Bible, faith, and life. We're so excited you're joining us. Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Eric. And we are back with one of the last episodes in the Resurrection Appearances series. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because we're going to do today, we are going to do the, where he appears to 500 and Paul talks about it. And then I think next week we will do like the Ascension. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Because the uh, May 31st is Pentecost. Exactly. And Ascension always falls on a Thursday, so it kind of gets overlooked. Yeah, that makes a lot okay. of sense. So we'll do Ascension, and then we're going to have a great series on Pentecost and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so that's going to be fun. We good. can talk about love, joy, peace, patience, patience all the good mm-hmm. stuff, which is in short supply in quarantine sometimes. Well, you say that looking at me, so I wonder no, why. No, no. Actually, we've had a very good... No, we really have, it's overall. It's been good, yeah. Except it's for the grass. Good. The grass that doesn't grow. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, if, you well. don't, if you want to know more about that, listen to the sermon from yesterday. Mm. And speaking of yesterday, we went back to church. We did, yeah. We opened up to church, and overall, I was very pleased. You know, a great deal of planning and mm-hmm. thought uh, went into our, our reopening plan. And overall, I was very happy. You know, our total attendance was about a quarter of a normal Sunday. Yeah, which is which, pretty good, hey, actually. It seemed small, but that's not bad. No, but for right out the gates, sure. I think that's just, that's just fantastic. Yeah. That was wonderful. Yeah. And the big surprise was that our praise service had quite a bit more than our traditional yeah. Yeah, which is the, not normal no for the first time our praise mm-hmm. service uh, had 65 i think and our traditional service had 46 or something like that which seemed very small which seemed yes. very small yeah and so for the first time ever mm-hmm. the praise service uh, you know was bigger than the traditional. <laughs> so that that made them feel good yeah that made them feel very good yeah. which is exciting yeah that was so good it was, it was a great day i mean a lot of work went into it mm-hmm. and i was very pleased with uh you know with a quarter of people showing up uh in in person and a, you know we, we still had plenty of people viewing online and yeah i look forward you know week by week as the as the government loosens its restrictions we too can kind of loosen up the way we do things and and uh, when people feel comfortable, they'll come back to church. Right. And, you know, I mean, we do have an older congregation. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, what's the majority of our congregation is in the older range? Is yeah, that right? Or is it about de- half and half? It depends how you slice older. And okay. so if you remember last year about this time, we took that survey called mm-hmm. the Reveal Survey. Mm-hmm. And it said that 70% of our congregation was over the age of 55. Okay. Right? So that's pretty young, 55. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, the, the, the government guidelines are uh, 65 and up for uh, the corona crisis. So it's not quite exact. But okay. yeah, you know, we, we tend to have an older congregation. Okay. So the fact that we encouraged the 65 and up to stay home, that's, you know, getting a quarter of our people there was actually fairly good. Oh, it was wonderful. Right? Yeah. yeah, I was, yeah, I was pleased. very good. It was great to have like real life people there. Yes. You get mm-hmm. to preach to people mm-hmm. instead of a camera. Yeah, which was nice. Was nice. I very much appreciated that. Good. Okay. And we got to sit, I mean, I sat with all the kids on Mother's Day, which was nice. Normally we are all in different services because, you know, Ellie sings and somebody might be acolyting. So we actually had our whole full pew there, which was fun. Yeah, you had a whole pew all Mm -hmm. to yourself. Yeah. Well, not really. It was very cramped. Well, that's what I mean. Like, not even I could get in there. That's right. That's what I mean. You have a whole pew all to yourself, right? <laughs> yes, me and all the right. six. Yeah. Anyways, happy Mother's Day to all y'all out there. Yeah. And let's move on then. Oh, no. One more thing I wanted to mm-hmm. say. If you get an email from Eric stating right. that you want a gift card, it's not real. Nope. It ain't me. It ain't me. So, and so there's this, uh, there's this really interesting scam going around. I don't yes. think it's fishy. It's the second time it's happened. Second time it's happened to me, mm-hmm. but uh, I've heard other pastors have it happen okay. to them as well. 
uh, where someone um, either hacks your email or as, as has happened in the last two cases, they just simply take your name yep. and then they apply it to an email that they themselves generate. Oh, got it. Uh, and so this one, and, and then they, they send out an email in your name saying, hey, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in a bind. I'm trying to help these people in the hospital. Ugh. Send me gift cards. Ugh. And then when you check up on it, they say, well, actually, I don't need the gift card. Just scratch the number off the back and oh, send me the number. Right. right. Uh, but if you hover over the, the email address, you'll see it's some guy named, uh, it's some guy, from Paul from the Fargo Diocese. And so presumably okay. some poor priest in Fargo got hacked. And, okay. You know, and we used to live in Fargo, so yeah. it's all interconnected. And all is interconnected. Okay. But the point Anyways, is, it's not me. So, yes. Right. Do not send money. Do not well, send you money. can send money to yeah, us if, if you, you want, you, but... You know, we... we <laughs> not, not, not in this way. Okay. <laughs> right. No, we're just playing. Anyways, let's talk about this, this resurrection appearance. So this comes from Paul, which right. is interesting for a couple of reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and would you like to talk about those? Well, you, you can tell me why okay. would it be interesting that Paul would have a resurrection well, appearance? Well, I think it's interesting for two reasons. One is because of the chronology. And yep. so Paul wrote his Paul wrote his letters before the Gospels were written exactly. down. Exactly. Right? So that's, this is a very early layer of the New Testament mm -hmm. chronologically. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the second reason is because Paul is the last person in the world that you would expect to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. Exactly. Uh, you know, and, he, and he says that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and last of all, as one untimely born, he appeared also unto me. Uh, because Paul not only was a skeptic, but Paul was a hardened predator, so right. to speak. You know, he was actively hunting down Christians, rounding them up and having them thrown into jail. Mm -hmm. So this is the last person that you would ever expect would uh, would claim to have some sort of uh, appearance of Jesus, and yet that's exactly what he claimed. Right. Uh, and the fact that he is such an unlikely person is very strong evidence that something really happened. I mean, something must have happened to Paul on the road to Jerusalem, uh, on the road to Damascus, to get him to turn his life around so um, so quickly, right, uh, and so severely, and to never look back. You know, exactly. for the rest of his life, he was punished for this decision that he made on the road to Damascus, and he never relented. He never looked back. Mm -hmm. And those are always the strongest testimonies, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody who's just completely walking in the opposite direction. You know, um, and then they find the Lord, or the yeah. Lord finds them, and they completely change their life 180 degrees. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, oftentimes when we talk in our uh, Bible studies, say, hey, you know, tell me the story about mm -hmm. how you came to faith. And, you know, two-thirds of our people will say, well, I've always believed. Or, you know, I never remember a time when I didn't believe. Right, which is me. Right. Uh, and it's it, and the stories that always kind of grab people's attention are those who say, well, yeah, you know, I grew up, I thought this was all just complete malarkey. And then which you, is you. <laughs> and you hear the story of um, what happened. Yes. Right? And so that's Paul. Yeah. Um, so this is in 1 Corinthians 15. Mm -hmm. Now, a little bit of chronology here. Uh, so Paul wrote this letter probably about the year 55, more or less around the year 55 AD. It's one of the earlier ones. It's one of the earlier ones. Uh, not the earliest, mm -hmm. but one of the earlier ones, yeah. And then Jesus, most scholars believe he was crucified about the year 30. Okay. okay. So when Paul is writing this letter, it's only 25 years after Jesus, uh, after the claim that Jesus died and rose from the dead. Right. Which is not that long at all. I mean, 25 years ago would be 1995. Right. Wow. I mean, we that's, were, that's you not, were graduating from that's college. That's when I graduated from college. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is not that long at all. Uh, so he wrote this uh, about um, about 25 years okay. after Jesus rose from the dead. Mm -hmm. But if you look in his letter, there are two places in 1 Corinthians where Paul indicates that there's an even earlier source, uh, an, early, an even earlier layer that he is uh, referring, that to. He's referring to. Okay. And this happens in two places. One is 1 Corinthians 11, uh, where Paul is talking about um, about the Lord's Supper. And let me read that for you. Okay. Uh, one is 1 Corinthians 11, where Paul says, oh, my goodness. Paul says this. 
1 Corinthians 11, verse 23. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night in which he was betrayed took bread, etc., yep. etc., etc. And then the other place is 1 Corinthians 15, uh, verse 3. Paul writes, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also what received. What I also received, that yes. Christ died for our sins, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. Okay. And what that, that introductory clause tells us is that Paul is saying, Listen, I, I didn't write this. Right. You know, and what follows, I didn't compose this, I didn't write this. I received it from someone else, and now I'm delivering it or handing it on to you. Okay. Uh, and so what Paul is doing here is, is, is he's quoting earlier materials, earlier source materials. Sure. Uh, the one is, of course, what we call the words of institution. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other is the thing we're looking at today, which is this creed. So let me read it for you. Yeah. 1 Corinthians 15.3. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, and he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, and then to all the apostles, and last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also unto me. Yes. And then Paul goes on to talk about the, his own ministry. Uh, and so that, that kind of closes it out. Paul is saying, you know, here's what I received. And then what follows, you can tell from the structure, you know, what follows is, uh, is not just, is a formal statement of faith. Uh, that Christ Jesus died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. That he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. That he appeared to, and then he lists all these different appearances. Right. Uh, and so the question is, uh, when did Paul receive this? Yeah, Paul exactly. Says, for I, I delivered to you what I, what I what myself I received. also received. Mm-hmm. So when did Paul receive this? Well, we don't know for sure. But there are two likely times when Paul received it. One would be um, in Damascus. So, you know, on the road to Damascus, he had that vision that struck him blind. And you remember he goes into Damascus. Uh, The Lord tells Ananias to go and find Paul. Uh, Ananias prays for Paul. Paul gets his sight back. Paul is baptized Mm -hmm. by Ananias. And then right after that, Paul starts preaching and he spends some time in Damascus preaching. Right. So that could be, that's probably the most likely place. You yeah. Know, where, where... Well, he said he talks to the Lord on the road to Damascus. Mm-hmm. So he that's his resurrection appearance. That's the Lord appears to appearance, him in right. some way, shape, in, or form. Exactly, right. Right. But as, as for this formal statement of what it means, okay. he pro- you know, presumably he received it from that Damascus church where they said, okay, well, Paul, th- this, is our, our, this is what we believe, that Christ mm-hmm. Jesus died in accordance with the scriptures, and he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, and he appeared to the following people. Right? Okay. So it's kind of an early creed. Just as, you know, in our, our confirmation class, we, we, teach our, we teach our people the Apostles' Creed. Yeah. Right? It's a formal statement. So that would be about the year 35, about the year 35. Uh, and the other candidate is that um, Paul might have received this in Jerusalem from the apostles themselves. And this would be three years later in the year 38. So let me flip to that. Now, this comes from Paul's letter to the Galatians. Oh, I hear a kid's coming down. Yeah, well, we got somebody in the kitchen making food. And now we've got somebody coming down talking on the phone to yeah. their friend. So. Well, welcome to our household. Yeah, welcome to our household. Hey, guys, can you all... We're recording. <laughs> all right. Well... Welcome to the Welcome. Waters house. Yeah, yes. we got Sophie making some very complicated dish in the kitchen, and David's yelling into his phone. Okay, here we go. Okay, so back to the Bible. Back to the Bible. Right. So Galatians 1 verse 18. So Paul is, is justifying his own ministry, uh, and in Galatians 1 and 2, he kind of lays out his credentials. Hey, this is why you should listen to me. You know, you got these other bozos who say I'm not okay. an apostle, but here's why you should listen to yes. me. Yes. And so Paul talks about uh, verse, um, verse uh, Galatians 1 verses 17 and 18. Uh, and then he says, 
<laughs> you know, after I, I met Jesus on the road, I didn't go to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went out into Arabia uh, and I returned again to Damascus. And then after three years, which would be about the year 38, after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas and remained with him for 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. And what I'm writing to you before God, I do not lie. And then I went to the regions of Syria and Cilicia. Uh, and so notice he calls Peter, Cephas, mm -hmm. and James. And these are two of the people mentioned in that creed. In Corinthians, yes. The two people mentioned mm -hmm. in what we're talking about today yeah. are Cephas and James. And James, right. Uh, and so presumably that, that, that would be the other likely chance where, where Paul learned this is when he went and he sat at the feet of Peter. Okay. And he sat at the feet of James. And he said, you know, tell me, what, 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 how, how do I preach this gospel okay. message? What, what is the content of our faith? And they would have taught him this, this summary statement of faith. Mm -hmm. Now, this is important because uh, either way you look at it, again, Jesus died about the year 30. Mm -hmm. So Paul received this in either 35 or 38. Now, that's just five or eight years. So within five to eight years of the events it describes, uh, there already is this formalized statement of what okay. the Christian faith is all about. And if you notice, what this formalized statement is about is the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Right. right? That, right. He was, that he died in accordance with the scriptures, mm -hmm. that he was buried, that on the third day, day he was he raised in accordance with mm -hmm. the scriptures, and then he appeared to the following people, and it goes on to list all these different people. Right, uh, and because the rest of that passage goes on to say how important it is that we believe in the resurrection. Exactly. Because otherwise we're just fools. Yeah, we're just fools because, <clears throat> you know, we're, we're believing a fairy tale. Right. And so Paul is laying out the case that, no, this is, you know, the resurrection is what it's all about. And he says, it's almost like he's like, remember the fundamentals of faith. Right? Okay. This is the core statement, the earliest creed we have. Uh, and so Paul is writing this letter. He quotes to a, an, an early creed that he must have learned just five to eight years after Jesus died and rose from the dead. Okay. Which is, again, astonishing. Because even when you and I were in seminary, uh, you know, we were learning, um, we were reading theology books from uh, the turn of the 1900s and the 1950s, right mm -hmm. after World War II. And one of the common things that people would say then was, oh, well, the resurrection is just a legendary accretion. You know, there was a good man named Jesus. And, right. And originally they were saying, well, you know, he lives in our hearts. But then Paul or some later people came in and said, no, he's, he doesn't just live in our hearts. He lives in reality. Yeah. But it's just a legendary accretion. It takes, you know, the... The idea of the resurrection uh, only pop, pops up years and years and years after. And that's not the case. It's right. not the last thing people were saying. It was the very first. Very nice. The very first. Yeah. And the most important, exactly. That, that Our faith hinges on that. And we can't just say, it. you know, well, he just lives in our hearts. No, he rose again and people saw him. Yeah. And people saw him. And that's the claim, right? In 1 mm -hmm. Corinthians 15, you know, Paul said that all these people are listed by name. Right. Uh, and then he appeared to Cephas, which is the Aramaic word for Peter. Peter. And to the twelve. We looked at those. Mm -hmm. those we've looked things. at those. And he didn't mention the women. Okay, so. Right. We've already started with the women. Right. And, and, and I think we mentioned, too, that it's, you know, even in the, uh, in the earliest creed of the church, the women are left out. Right. Right. Uh, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, mm -hmm. most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Exactly. And that's an astonishing claim. Right. Now, it's, it's not mentioned any place else in the Bible. But again, this is the this is one of the earliest earliest layers. It predates even the writing of the New Testament itself. Mm -hmm. uh, and so somehow, somewhere, Jesus appeared to five hundred different people at one time. Well, I think people assume, or I think the assumption is, when he said, you know, in Matthew twenty eight, when he says, you know, go do all these mm -hmm. things, he says, and go to Galilee, mm -hmm. and I will 
see you or something. Right. And so some people think that's like if people heard they were supposed to go to Galilee, all these people that were following Jesus, well, they probably already all did. And then he that's when he appeared to like oh, 500 yeah. people. Well, yeah, because that, that would be the fairy tale end of Matthew, mm-hmm. right? Where he gives the great yeah. commission, right. go to all the... Yeah, yes. well, I've never heard that before. Yeah, you got to keep me around. I'm always giving I you insight. I always have to keep you around. Yes, okay. Yes. Uh, and then what, what I love is, is Paul says, you know, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Right. And it's kind of this indicator, hey, you know, don't take my word for it. Go I ask mean, there's 500 people who mm-hmm. saw this. You go ask any one of them. Yes. Uh, so it, it's uh, so not only then is the resurrection the first thing that the church was talking about, mm-hmm. but the, mo- the, the most outrageous claim for the resurrection, 500 people at once, Right. It, again, is, is one of the first things they spoke about. Yeah. So it's amazing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's incredible. And it, yeah. it really it turns on its head a lot of what you hear in the popular press. You know, when they talk about... Uh, the resurrection is, that's just those Christians misunderstanding the true right. the true message of Jesus. No, mm-hmm. no, we're not. Right. I mean, that's what the church has always preached from the very beginning. Right. And as we'll talk about when we talk about the Holy Spirit, you know, those are our own sort of um, incidences of the risen Lord in our life, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the Spirit living within us and sort of tangibly feeling that, etc. Yeah. It's a, it's like a resurrection appearance. It is like a resurrection appearance. I mean, it just certainly is, is the, the presence of the, li- the mm-hmm. living Lord, uh, risen Lord. But of course, it's it's different. Yes, in that it's, it's not, not the, him yeah. in his body. Exactly. Right? The yeah. physical manifestation. Yeah. Spiritual manifestation. Yes. Well, then we should just wrap, maybe we'll wrap this up with the question that everybody always asks about that passage. Well, not everybody, but anyways, there's this whole little line about the unto-me uh, of... And then, what does he say? I'm last untimely. of all is to one untimely born. Untimely born. Thank you. Also what me. does that mean? Being Paul being untimely born. Yeah. Well, the, the way I would interpret it is that um, Paul recognizes he's uh, he's the Johnny come lately to this whole apostle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That you know his claim for uh, his, his claim to to write letters to people you know the Corinthians and Romans and yep. whatnot is that he's an apostle. Yeah. That they should but, listen to him. Right. Because he has been commissioned by the Lord Jesus yes. Himself to go and preach the gospel. He's an apostle. And people would always say, yeah, but you know, you weren't one of the 12, dude. Right. You know, you're like, you came. I don't think they said dude, but. No, no. You uh, weren't one of the 12. That was their argument. Yes. Yeah, you weren't one you of the 12. You were late. And so Paul kind game. of acknowledges that. He says, okay. then last of all, as it's to one, one untimely, untimely born, born. Mm-hmm. he appeared also unto me. Right. And again, you know, Paul's claim is that I didn't just simply feel Jesus, but I actually saw him. Right. Uh, and it's interesting that on the road to Damascus, uh, the, those who were traveling with him, they also heard a voice. They saw a light. Mm-hmm. They yeah. couldn't make out the words or see the shape, but something happened that, that other people could see too. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess um, Paul's experience, you know, could be sort of like yours and mine. This untimely born could also mean um, like you became a Christian at one moment in time, sort mm-hmm. of after completely not believing, right? Right. And I kind of grew up in the faith. And so the disciples, in a sense, got to grow up in the faith. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, they were with Jesus for several years. And then, you know, all the stuff that he was talking about came to pass. Whereas Paul, you know, he was sort of untimely born. In other words, he didn't have all those like experience of growing up um, with the Lord kind of thing. And he just believed like, boom. Yeah. Yeah. What's that expression for when... uh... Boy, you know, when people have like the little surprise baby, like five years after everybody else. It's called the, the not the caboose. That's just the last child. Um, surprise baby. Is there a term for that? Well, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, you, you have three or four kids and then yeah. like, you know, five years five later. Five years later, oh, you have one, yeah. right? 
And that's yes. kind of like Paul, is that, you know, yeah. Jesus had these 12 men that he raised and uh, sent out to be apostles. And then like, you know, five years later, <laughs> here's another one. Here's another one. Uh, yeah, we're, somebody's going to tell us what that word is. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. It's dude, I think. No, it's not. No? Okay. <laughs> but I'm glad that you like that word so much. All right. Well, this one, this episode had quite a bit of stuff going on in the background. So hopefully yeah, it's hopefully going to sound it. okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go over and look, listen to it again before we publish. But I don't always do that. But today I think I will. I'll go look at some grass scene. Okay, let's okay. go see what we can do. Have a great week. We will see you back one more week for Resurrection Appearances of Jesus, and then we'll move on to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.